In today's program, we look at censorship at Twitter. Yes, it's still taking place. And we also highlight the ascension of streaming television services and a new streaming TV show which features an animated Disney-sponsored program, which includes Satan and his demon-possessed teenage child growing up in the American suburbs. And finally, it appears the U.S. Navy must have hired the geniuses at the Bud Light Marketing Department after they were laid off. The Navy's now employing a transvestite gay drag performer to promote the Navy as an influencer and to stimulate Navy recruitment efforts. I wish I could tell you that all these stories were parodies, but they're not. These stories and Dictionary Wars, all in today's edition of Narrative Wars. I'm your host, Jeffrey K. Lyons, and you don't want to miss this. We the people are sick and tired. Let's peel back the curtain of confusion to shed light upon the mainstream media madness. And now, Narrative Wars, with your host, Jeffrey K. Lyons. We the people are sick and tired, so tired. Well, Narrative Wars continues to expand on a weekly basis with new listeners across America. We now have a new significant group of listeners in the Golden State of California. And as mentioned in previous programs, Narrative Wars began with a solid base of listeners in the heartland of America. Thank you. If you're enjoying this program, please share it with two to three like-minded listeners. And let's continue to grow our community. We have another exciting announcement for you, our listeners, and that's that Narrative Wars is now available on the free speech social platform Getter. That's G-E-T-T-R. Just sign into Getter and search for Jeffrey K. Lyons. That's at Jeffrey K. Lyons on Getter. I'll be posting announcements in Getter every time a new podcast is put out, and you'll be able to jump on the Getter chat to post your comments. Trolls not welcome. Finally, for those of you who want to share the Narrative Wars webpage with your friends, go to narrativewars.org. That's narrativewars.org. And this will take you straight to our webpage where you can access past shows along with the links to your favorite podcasting apps. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Audible, Pandora, iHeart, Stitcher, and many more. Please five-star rate, follow, and tell two to three like-minded friends. You're the reason why we do this program. Now let's continue. All right, in this first story, we're going to take a look at censorship. And uh, yes, it is an ugly word in America, but it is still being practiced. And so we're going to listen to this first cut. Now, Matt Walsh put out a year ago a documentary called What is a Woman? It was an outstanding documentary. I encourage everyone to take a look at it. And as a celebration of that being out for a year, uh, even though it had been banned on many, many outlets, it still had worldwide uh, distribution and uh, many, many hundreds of thousands of, of viewers all over the world. Now, What is a Woman is now at the head of the censorship debate. How did that happen? Well, uh, they decided at uh, Daily Wire 
uh, and Daily Wire is the platform from which uh, What Is Woman was produced, they decided to, hey, let's celebrate. Let's put this out on uh, the platform Twitter. There's new management over there, and let's put it out. And Twitter said, yeah, that's, sure, that's a great idea. And so they thought it was going to go well, but it turned out that there was censorship that occurred, and it was shut down. It was shadow banned. And then Elon Musk got involved. Let's listen to the first cut here, cut number one. And word was coming in from many different places that Elon was, according to a lot of these sources, Elon was furious at his content moderation team uh, because of this censorship, that heads were rolling at Twitter headquarters over this. It was perhaps, perhaps not a coincidence that at this exact moment, a Twitter employee from the brand safety team publicly announced his resignation from the company. This employee, Mai Ayed is his name, has a history of posting tweets scolding and mocking white people, which is not exactly the sort of person who should be involved in ensuring brand safety, whatever exactly that means. But if these are the kinds of people who are leaving the company, it's probably a good sign. But we woke up this morning, uh, things had changed. At some point overnight, the hateful conduct flag was removed from the film and sharing and retweeting was enabled. I started getting messages from people saying that uh, not only could they share it, but the movie was coming up in their feed. And a few hours later, as the ultimate capstone on all of this drama, Elon Musk himself shared the film from his account with a caption urging every parent to watch it. So all of this excitement took place about a week ago, June 1st, June 2nd. Maybe some of you were able to get in on this and you were able to watch uh, What is a Woman for Free over Twitter, which was uh, distributing it. Or maybe you're just hearing about it now. If you're just hearing about it now, you can still watch it. Just access What is a Woman through the Daily Wire. I don't think it's still being put out for free because they they wanted to put it out in uh, the first week of June. Let's uh, talk about a couple of things, a couple of, couple of quick points here. Well, the documentary, What is a Woman, is worth your time and money to watch. If it's no longer available free on Twitter, you can still access it through Daily Wire. Secondly, Matt Walsh, uh, who is featured in the documentary, What is a Woman, he um, is suddenly at the head of the censorship saga. And this is bigger than just blacklisting one particular documentary by the political left. This has been going on for years. So really, Matt Walsh, he, he really didn't want to be the poster child for, hey, I'm being censored and it's happening on Twitter. He just was hoping that Twitter really had changed their policies as he thought they had communicated to him and that they could get this show out. But um, there was a, quite a lot of kerfuffle, which we just heard in that cut, and Elon Musk had to get involved in order to make it available. Well, here's the problem in a nutshell. The political left, they refuse to have a conversation about facts, society, and social issues. And so their response is, as we've just discussed, it's to shadow ban, silence, censor, and deplatform conservative ideas from the public conversation. They have no belief in a robust discussion carried out and in the public exchange of ideas. Anyway, shortly after the election in which George Bush defeated Al Gore and became president, if you remember that, 
there was a university professor in one of the faculty rooms and I was just checking my mail and he was checking his mail and then he just blurted out because it was right after the election and uh, Bush won and, and uh, uh, Mr. Gore lost and he just blurted out just sort of to the air. Um, I guess uh, he just needed to let out his frustration about the results of the election. He says, I hate Fox News, blah, 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 blah. And I turned to him because I had been teaching broadcasting and I knew uh, the sort of audience size that Fox had. I said, I said, well, you know, it's interesting because Fox News has consistently had twice the audience size of CNN. And he did not expect me to say that. And the look on his face was sheer terror. He just kind of shut down the conversation right there. And uh, I wasn't saying that Fox News uh, is superior to CNN. All I was saying is that they have twice the ratings. And curiously enough, at that time, a very large segment of the people that watch Fox News were Democrats. Upwards, 25, 30% of the people were Democrats. So, that's just sort of as an aside. Well, uh, let's wrap up this conversation uh, regarding uh, censorship, Matt Walsh, and uh, what is a woman. Well, what kind of solutions do we have? Well, conservatives are not fighting just the Orwellian battle of wrongthink. Conservatives are fighting for the very platform to speak from. And if the platform is removed, then the United States is no different than the old USSR which only allowed government propaganda to disseminate through a regulated government press. So we're not just fighting for Matt. We're not just fighting for documentaries such as What is a Woman? We're fighting for the platforms. So just be aware of that. Do what you can and voice your opposition to the censorship of platforms which allow free speech to continue in America, in the land of the free, and the home of the brave. Well, we continue with our next cut, and we're going to talk about streaming viewership. Now, the majority of people are listening or, or consuming media now through streaming services. And this is very important. I think we need to highlight this because it was actually back in August of 2022 that this happened. So in August of 2022, you probably were just getting up, uh, brushing your teeth, getting ready to go to work, and you were out the door, and you didn't realize what happened. What happened was streaming services surpassed cable television in terms of people that were paying for these subscriptions. In other words, they were cutting, they were uh, exiting from their cable television contracts, they were canceling those contracts, and they were signing up for streaming con contracts. Why? Well, there's a number of reasons why we're going to dig into that, but let's listen uh, to this first cut. And when we talk about streaming services, we're talking about services such as Netflix, Hulu, Apple TV, YouTube, and now the new one of the newer services, Rumble. So let's listen to cut two. Peacock, Roku, Apple TV, Amazon Fire, YouTube, even a good old-fashioned website. You're probably watching NBC News Now through one of those streaming platforms, and you are far from alone. For the first time, more people are streaming than watching cable TV. 
That's according to Nielsen's Gage Report, documenting viewership in July. This is a big shift from how we watch TV last year. Nielsen says that in 2021, about 28% of America's TV watching was on streaming services. That's more than over-the-air broadcasts, but well behind cable. Those are the bars in yellow. But since last year, going to the bars in blue, streaming is up six and a half percentage points. Broadcast is down more than two points, cable's off more than three. So what's in store for next year and beyond? Well, I apologize. We can't see the bars in blue and the bars in yellow. That was a um, report that was put together uh, for video. But we grabbed the audio, and I think you get the idea. This was put out back in 2022, uh, highlighting what happened. Well, a couple important points here uh, to discuss. Cable TV, we're going to wind back the clock a bit here. Cable TV began in the 1940s, and it began as a means to distribute programming to areas that wasn't, were not covered by broadcast television antennas, initially out to difficult-to-reach uh, rural um, areas. Now, in 1991, cable TV was deregulated uh, under the FCC leadership of Mark Fowler. He was an appointee of uh, President Reagan. And after deregulation, there were Billions of dollars spent invested into cable TV distribution infrastructure, including satellite technology. And by 1990, the cable was big business. And by 1992, about 60% of Americans subscribed to cable television. So this was a huge blow by 1992 uh, when cable bypassed broadcast and um, Gee, some of you may still remember the rabbit ears and the antennas on top of buildings. Uh, but for most people, uh, that's just, uh, you know, ancient history because uh, who, who puts uh, rabbit ears out or has a television, broadcast television reception and an antenna on top of their house? Very rare. Well, uh, as we go forward in time, the Telecommunications Act of 96 was passed, and this led to increased competition uh, regarding broadcast television. And so this led to competition for satellite distributors, content such as DirecTV and others, and there was more de uh, deregulation that occurred during this time. And so with the advent of nationwide deployment of fiber technology. So quite often the invention and the deployment of a technology, it changes up. It changes the way that uh, something is distributed, that something is accessible. And so fiber technology had an enormous impact on content. Uh, prior to this, you, you just couldn't get television to go through copper wires, uh, it just it wouldn't fit because television has a huge amount of bandwidth. You've got not just sound, but you've got pictures. And so that takes up a huge amount of bandwidth. With uh, fiber, you don't have that problem. So fiber was laid across the continents and between the continents as undersea cables linking up the world with fiber technology. And so with all these technologies in place and satellite technology and fiber technology, this is what happened. And we've been leading up to this. In August of 2022, 
Less than a year ago, streaming television bypassed cable television in terms of consumer subscriptions. So what we see is that through deregulation, through industry investment, through new technologies such as satellite and cable, we see that the entire landscape of how people receive content, particularly television programming, has completely changed. And so today, what, what do we have? Well, we have the majority of people, and this is less than a year ago, they're accessing their content through streaming services. And so what happens, people are able to watch whatever they want to watch and watch it when they want to watch it. You don't just have to wait a week until your favorite program comes around. So anyway, we're going to move on to the next story. And this one really dovetails regarding streaming availability of content. And uh, we're going to get to that real soon. But before we get to our next story, we want to also uh, highlight a few things. Once again, Narrative Wars continues to expand on a weekly basis. We've got new listeners across America, and we have a new significant group of listeners in the golden state of California. Welcome, California people. Yeah. Okay, we're glad to have you. All right, thank you. Yeah, okay, enough of that. As mentioned in previous programs, Narrative Wars began with a solid base of listeners in the heartland of America. Well, thank you. If you're enjoying this program, please share it with two to three like-minded listeners. Let's continue to grow our community. And we have another exciting announcement for you. Narrative Wars is now on the free speech social platform, Getter. That's G-E-T-T-R. So just you, all you need to do is sign in to Getter. It's free. Search for at Jeffrey K. Lyons. That's at Jeffrey K. Lyons on Getter. And I'll be posting announcements in Getter every time there's a new podcast, which is put out, and you'll be able to jump in on the Getter chat to post your comments. Trolls not welcome. And finally, for those of you who want to share the Narrative Wars webpage with your friends, go to narrativewars.org. That's narrativewars.org. And this will take you to our webpage. You can access past shows along with links to all your favorite podcasting apps. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Audible, Pandora, iHeart, Stitcher, and many more. Please five-star rate, follow, and tell two to three like-minded friends. You are the reason why we do this program. And now, let's continue. Well, we continue with this next story. And as we said, it dovetails from the story that we just had previously about streaming television. With streaming television, I guess it is as a two-edged sword, you've got quite a lot of new options available. But even though you've got new options, there are caveats. And one of the caveats is you've got woke companies like Disney putting out new programs which are not exactly child-friendly. So this story goes back to August 25th, 2022. There we go. And the program was called Little Demon. Now some of you are aware of this story. And so if you are, just uh, uh, bear with us. But the 
problem is that even this, though this show, Little Demon, is no longer available, uh, there's a new show which has come out to replace that. So the, the, the whole idea of putting out demonic content for small children, uh, it is happening. But let's listen to this cut, and then we're going to discuss on the other side. Little Demon is about a single mom who has given birth to the Antichrist because years ago she slept with Satan, played by Danny DeVito. Hey, everybody, this is my daughter. Kiss her ass or I'll slaughter your children. Proud of you! I play Chrissy's dad, Satan, and um, he didn't have the greatest relationship with the woman that he impregnated. You're mad! Just ruined my life. You're lucky I didn't kill it. You're lucky it didn't kill itself Ugh. being shackled to you for 13 years. I'm voicing Chrissy, a 13-year-old girl who finds out that she is the Antichrist. So when you're 13, a mother-daughter relationship really is horror. And puberty is also yeah. horrifying. Normal? Nothing's normal about my life. Are you mental? I have no friends and I just exploded too. So, Little Demon was a program that on uh, the Rotten Tomatoes website, here's, here's the description of it, an animated horror comedy series centered on Laura, a reluctant mother who was impregnated by Satan 13 years ago, and Chrissy, her antichrist daughter who has just come into her demonic powers. Try as they might to live an ordinary life in Delaware, Maryland, the two are constantly thwarted by monstrous forces, including Satan, who yearns for custody of his daughter's soul. Well, what parent wouldn't want their child to listen uh, and view such uh, wholesome content put out by Disney called Little Demon? Well, we do have an update. Little Demon has been put into the ground it's been uh, uh, deep six. It, it no longer is in production, as, as far as I can tell. Uh, here's an update. Twitter uh, 2023 from Disney TV Animation News. That's at TVA News. And you can find that on Twitter. And here's what it says. Little Demon will be the only animated series to be removed from Hulu, Disney Plus, Worldwide, and Star Plus globally. So it was so bad that it was the only TV show that was removed from all of these services, Hulu, Disney Plus, Worldwide, and Star Plus. But for those of you who were Little Demon fans and lament the passing of this horrific and vile program, there's good news. Disney now has a new satanic show that just came out. April 15, 2023. This is Inside the Magic, April 15, 2023 article, Jeremy Hanna. You can't make this stuff up, folks. I wish, I wish this was a satire, but it's not. Um, the new show is called Pauline. So here's the wholesome description of this new Disney show. Pauline is a brand new German show from the creators of How to Sell Drugs Online. Oh, what, yeah, what a wholesome group of people. So they're, they may be limiting this to German markets. Uh, it's a German show. Of course, you could dub anything and uh, uh, distribute it around the world. Here's what the show is about. Pauline follows the story of an 18-year-old who has school stress. Oh, 
well, what 18-year-olds don't have school stress? Well, we can relate to that. Oh, the climate crisis. Oh, my goodness. The world is going to go up in flames. Or maybe it's going to freeze into a giant ice cube. Oh, no. Who can't relate to that? And the general downfall of society weighing on her mind. Oh, poor Pauline. My heart goes out to you. This becomes even more complicated when she becomes pregnant with a one-night stand with Lucas, who turns out to be the devil. Naturally, the two fall in love. What? What? Are, are you kidding? Really? Really? Are, are, you, are you kidding? Okay, that's, that's just too creepy right there. Too creepy. I think I'm going to... Look, folks, I'm going to have to call an audible right here. Flag on the field. Yeah, right there. There's a flag on the field. This is really, this is weird with a capital W, you know, an 18-year-old who has a one-night stand with Lucas, who turns out to be the devil. They fall in love. Who comes up with this demonic content? Well, a couple comments here. We're a desensitized nation, and, and I suppose you could say uh, worldwide, we are desensitized. When as a nation we can even consider that the personification of evil, Satan, can be a staple of a weekly entertainment program, it's a reflection of the gross moral decay of our nation. Parents, you need to be vigilant. You need to, don't just hand the device to your kid and say, here, watch it. Don't just subscribe to Disney Plus and, and other streaming services and not watch it and not be uh, aware of what your children are watching. Parents, you need to be serious regarding moral values and your role as a parent. And finally, there's a lost art of reading. You know, there's still something called books and books can be quite enjoyable. Why don't you spend your time when, when, you're, when your children are young reading books to your children and in doing so, you're going to impart a love for reading to your children. And by the way, you can, you can put, pick all sorts of wholesome stories. Uh, check out the books uh, that won Newbery Awards. There's great Newbery books uh, that are still available. Check that out. We're going to move on. Well, we're going to move on to Dictionary Wars. And usually in Dictionary Wars, what we do is we um, look at a particular word and how that word has been twisted or changed and how society is looking at a particular word or phrase in a different way. But uh, in this Dictionary Wars, we're going to look at something that uh, is a very ancient word. It's actually a name. And uh, how that name is being perceived, how it's being used, how it's being tossed around. Now, this dovetails with the prior stories that we just had. So, in today's Dictionary Wars, we're going to feature the name Satan. Well, if you want to understand who Satan is, you really need to read the Bible. Is that any surprise? So, Satan is first mentioned in Genesis in the second chapter. He's also mentioned throughout the Bible in numerous passages. 
such as the book of Job. Well, he attacks Job's family and Job's possessions. Now, Satan is also present as a central figure in the book of Revelation. So, these are some great places to start. Look at this story in the Garden of Eden, the conversation between Satan and both Adam and Eve. Look at the book of Job. There's an amazing scene where Satan is in heaven and he's having a conversation of God with God. And look at that dialogue. And also look at the book of Revelation. Just I suggest you read the whole thing. So why are we talking about this? Because recently Satan has been up front and in center in a number of Hollywood productions. And I'm not going to go down the list, but we just mentioned two which were targeted to children. I mean, what are these people thinking? The first was Little Demon in 2022. And the second was another uh, program that was uh, being financed by Disney, which is Pauline and being rolled out uh, in a German market. So what are these people thinking? So Satan has been up front and in center in a number of Hollywood production shows. Uh, I believe there's another one on Netflix. I'm not even interested in mentioning the name. I've cut watching Netflix because it just went over the top weird. So anyway, what can we conclude here? Well, I want to I want to highlight something that Mark Twain said, the famous author and humorist Mark Twain. He said, "The man who does not read has no advantage over the man who cannot read." So it's important that we read. You know, I I really want to truly or if, excuse me, if you really want to truly understand who Satan is, his nature and why there's evil in the world around you, you're going to have to read. There's no way around it. You're you're going to have to read the the temptation of mankind in the Garden of Eden in the first few chapters of the book of Genesis. We've mentioned that. Read the first few chapters of the book of Job when Satan has a direct conversation with God. And again, the book of Revelation. If you don't own a Bible, look, there's no excuse. You can download the Bible for free. You can access it for free on your cell phone. How easy is that? Or your computer or your iPad, any of your mobile devices. It's free. That's what my father used to call the right price. So you don't have any excuse for not reading this if you're interested in learning. Uh, Also, uh, put in the time. You're going to discover why there's evil in this world. That's one of the fundamental questions of mankind. Why is there evil in this world? And I'm not going to tell you why. Just read. Read for yourself. Look, I want to uh, underscore, don't waste your time going to Wikipedia and other similar goofy sources to look up Satan and get a definition. Why, Why even waste your time and go there when you have free access to the Bible and you can read what you need to understand about Satan and who this person is. Look, as a university professor for 10 years, I never allowed my students to go to Wikipedia and cite it in their papers. I can't be over your shoulder. You're not in my class. I'm not grading your papers. But you're a listener to this program. I thank you for being here. And what I want to do is encourage you to do a bit of homework on your own. When you're going to Wikipedia, you're letting someone else do the work for you. So whenever you can, the point is, this is what I always told my students, and this is what is important. You want to 
have a critical mind, and one of the best ways to do critical thinking or engage in critical thinking is go to the original source. Whenever possible, go to the original source. Look, you just got an entire semester uh, of information for free right there. Go to the, the original source, read it for yourself, and do some critical thinking. Uh, you know, what does this mean? What do these passages mean? So I'm going to conclude here. In this case, if you want to understand who Satan is, you don't have any choice but to read the passages in the Bible that cite and talk about him directly. The passages, once again, in Genesis, the book of Job, and the book of Revelation. Look, there's many other passages, but these are some of the, the best and the most informative on the topic. Remember what Mark Twain said, the man who does not read has no advantage over the man who cannot read. Well, moving on to our final story here, we're going to take a look at a U.S. Navy platformed drag queen influencer. And this person was hired to attract youth to the military uh, in the hiring process. Again, it sounds like a parody. I mean, how do, how do they even come up with this stuff? I don't know. But uh, the geniuses at the uh, U.S. Navy, the Secretary of Navy, they've decided this would be a great idea and a way to boost the uh, recruitment um, ratios and the, the re recruitment effort for the United States Navy. So this is something that is really important that we, that, that we need to do. So let's take a listen to cut number four. U.S. Navy is approaching a drag queen influencer to help persuade new recruits into joining the military. Yeoman second class Joshua Kelly, who goes by Harpy Daniels, announced back in November that he was the Navy's new digital ambassador. Their attempts to increase interest among young people amongst a historic recruitment crisis. A survey from the Ronald Reagan Institute found that only 13% of 18 to 29 year olds are highly willing to join the military. So you can imagine there was a lot of backlash. Uh, Fox News on Fox and Friends uh, with this story, May 4th, 2023. Navy ripped for using drag queen for recruitment efforts. Uh, also in Forbes, uh, June 2nd, 2023, Navy removes Pride Month posts amid right-wing backlash. You know, it's really funny because when conservatives disagree with something, they're labeled right wing. But when the lefties disagree with something, they're normal. They're mainstream. So that's parenthetical. That's just, just free, that, those comments there. So Navy removes Pride Month's posts, and, and these were in Twitter and other social media outlets. Also, NASCAR Major League Baseball, they also uh, have been receiving a lot of backlash. And so we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about NASCAR later. Well, a couple thoughts here. The Navy's been using this drag queen who goes by uh, Harpy Daniels. I guess that's the performer names as a digital ambassador. And so who comes up with these brilliant ideas? Well, at the top of the nutter list is Lloyd Austin. He is the defense secretary, and he just thinks that it's a great idea. Breitbart uh, had this story, and this was 
published recently. You can you can check it out in our notes for the program. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin lauds uh, LGBTQ ABC one two three baby you and me troops. Their service adds to America's strength. So why is the U.S. Navy doing this? Because the Secretary of Defense thinks this is a great idea. Well, maybe isn't working out so well. Here's another story. Daily Caller, June 1st, 2023. Sarah Weaver, not a suitable use. Pentagon cancels Air Force Base drag show right before Pride Month. So they've been doing drag shows on military bases. They've got a Navy influencer performing as Harpy Daniels. They have a Secretary of Defense, uh, a cabinet-level position, somebody that answers to the President of the United States. So the President thinks this is a great idea uh, to market to the gay community, a very small percentage of the United States population, and Navy recruitment has been down. So they think, oh, this is a great idea. Boy, are these the same marketing people from um, the uh, Bud Light campaign that are advising the Secretary of Defense? I don't know. I don't know. It's just something strange here. Things that make you go, hmm. Real American heroes. Today we salute you, Mr. Budweiser Head of Marketing Guy. Only you could take a beer and make it queer. Oh, no. 20 years of amazing ad campaigns, and this is where we end up. Not gonna buy it. Well, a couple of things to think about here. The United States is unique in that the military is run and it's controlled by civilian leaders. And this is not the case in many of the nations of the world. So each branch of the military has a corresponding secretary. And as we mentioned, uh, Lloyd Austin is the secretary of the Navy. So here's another article, Breitbart, 2nd June 2023. Christina Wong, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, lauds LGBTQ. Troops and the links are in the show notes. So, another point here, another salient point. Question What the hell is the Secretary of the Navy thinking? How can hiring a transvestite gay drag performer possibly be a positive way to add to the recruitment numbers and change the negative trajectory of Navy? recruitment. You know, my father served in the Korean War, and uh, I had conversations with my father on a variety of topics. And I, I'm, if he was alive today, this is exactly what he would say. What the hell is the Secretary of the Navy thinking? This makes no sense at all. Well, conclusion, the U.S. Navy in particular and the U.S. military in general is no longer a fighting force to protect America. Did you know that? We don't have a fighting force to protect America anymore. Now, they do that, but apparently that's not their primary objective. It used to be the primary objective of the fighting force of America to protect our borders. We've got a southern border which is being invaded, completely ignored by the Secretary of Defense, and we're spread all over the world in unending wars that we don't need to be involved in. Well, why? Well, it makes sense. 
if you understand that the U.S. military, ever since the abandonment of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, has become a social experiment. This is now the primary purpose of the U.S. military. It's a social experiment. And who do we owe that to? Well, it was President Barack Obama. He signed a bill setting in motion the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell back in December 22, 2010. So these things that were became passed as laws years ago, 13 years ago, they have ripple effects through society. So this is what we have now. We have a gay old time in the military. Well, we're going to wrap it up here uh, with this uh, final um, observation. Pride Week, Out of Touch Awards. We're adding this to our weekly program just during the month of June. We're calling it the Pride Week, Out of Touch Awards. This week, the winner goes to NASCAR. NASCAR has been blasted for Pride Month tweet. And uh, so you can look it up. It's out there. Breitbart, June 2nd, 2023, you're going to see that there's been a tremendous pushback. I mean, what, I mean what, are, what are these people thinking? The same people that drink Bud Light or used to drink Bud Light, they're the ones that go to NASCAR. But NASCAR decided that they're going to have a gay old time also. And so they pushed out this tweet uh, promoting the month of June as Pride Month. Well, with the big word pride in black letters and rainbow outlines framed by the words NASCAR in rainbow colors, the racing organization told fans, quote, we celebrate the LGBTQ uh, baby one, two, three, you and me community during Pride Month and beyond. So the NASCAR Twitter feed is now inundated with pissed off fans. Is that any uh, surprise? Well, a few concluding comments here, folks, and we're going to finish up our program for today. Yes, I applaud the win that was celebrated at the Daily Wire. Elon Musk intervened and the documentary What is a Woman was allowed to stream from Twitter in all its unredacted glory. Matt Walsh and the Daily Wire held the line, and this outcome can be tabulated as a win. Yeah, it was a win, folks, on the free speech tally board. But now to the weightier issue, and that is Elon Musk laid off 80% of his employees, and he made it clear that there was a new boss who supported the notion that Twitter would now be transformed into a free speech platform. Well, apparently that message didn't get across to the surviving members of the content management team, those who hadn't been fired. Uh, they took it upon themselves to shadow ban and label the documentary What is a Woman as hate speech, which all begs the certain questions. Uh, and certain fundamental questions such as, is Twitter just a reflection of the transformational status of corporate America? And is Twitter just more interested in ESG points or gaining those ESG points on the global radar? Well, do such fundamental values as the First Amendment and free speech have any foundation or tenacity in America anymore? 
or have Americans accept it as sort of hardline Soviet-style information that the publication Pravda represented. The word Pravda in Russian curiously translates to truth in English. And what about streaming services? and content distribution of television program. Well, with the passing of the Telecommunications Act back in 96, that's 1996, and the subsequent deregulation of radio and television industries, it was inevitable that cable television companies would face fierce competition. Well, even prior to the passing of the Telecom Act of 96, the federal government, they broke up AT&T, through antitrust litigation, according to New American. The breakup of AT&T way back in 1984, it affected a company, which at the time was an economic behemoth. Oh, that's a great word, uh, New American. It was an economic behemoth with $150 billion in assets, $70 billion in revenue, and a million employees. Now, $70 billion in revenue doesn't sound a lot in today's world. But keep in mind, this is back in 1984. So it was arguably one of the largest corporations in the world. After the breakup of AT&T, affectionately referred to as Ma Bell, the company was divided into multiple competing companies. And ironically, AT&T survived all of this, and they're now a major player in the fiber optic distribution of cable television. AT&T seems to be the modern equivalent of the Terminator creature, which, when shattered into a million pieces, can resemble itself or reassemble itself and then continue on its mission of world conquest. And you notice when streaming content comes to your house, what do you get? Well, you get either Comcast or you get A&T in terms of in-ground cables. Yes, you can get it through DISH as, as another way of receiving content. But there's AT&T. They did not go away. They reassembled themselves just that like that creature in the, the uh, movie, The Terminator. Which leads us to present-day moral dilemma. How is American society to respond to the ubiquitous availability of noxious programming content, which ranges from shows such as Jackass to Little Demon to Pauline. Well, in short, there's no simple one-size-fits-all answer. The more complex response is that the American socialization system has been transformed. How do we form our values as a nation? Who are our heroes? And what are the origin stories we tell the next generation about the founding of our nation? What is our relationship to the Creator? Does in God we trust, which we carry around in our pockets and our purses uh, emblazoned on our nation's currency? What does in God we trust mean? And how much of a share of mine does it occupy in, of, in the American psyche? Well, these are more than rhetorical questions. These are questions and issues that shape the very moral fabric of a society. So be of good cheer, dear listener. If you're still listening to this podcast, then you're united with the millions of other Americans who still believe in the land of the free and the home of the brave. America's not lost if there are still citizens that believe this great American experiment and the constitutional republic which our founders lived and died for. 
So don't be discouraged, for it's always in the time of greatest darkness that light shines the brightest. Thank you for listening to Narrative Wars. You can be a part of this program. You can now follow Narrative Wars on the free speech social platform, Getter. That's G-E-T-T-R. Just go together and sign up, create a free account, search for at Jeffrey K. Lyons. That's at Jeffrey K. Lyons on Getter. Narrative Wars is also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Audible, Pandora, iHeart, Stitcher, and many other podcasting apps. Please five-star rate, follow, tell two to three like-minded friends, trolls not welcome. Thank you. We truly appreciate your support. You're the reason why we do this program. I'm your host of Narrative Wars, Dr. Jeffrey K. Lines. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. We the people are sick and tired. So tired.